I'm Lisa Collins, and welcome to today's teaching of Real Christianity with your teacher, Mosley Collins. Each week, we try to bring you a study of God's Word that will encourage and equip you to live a life that God can bless, to live a life of real Christianity. And now, I am proud to present your brother in Christ and my husband, Mosley Collins. Thank you, darling. Today, we're in our series studying the Gospel of John. And today we're going to look at John chapter 1, four wonderful verses, verses 6 through 9 of John chapter 1. And before we begin, I just want to thank you and tell you what an honor it is and a privilege to come into your house, into your car, and share with you the Word of God. And I'm joined by one of my favorite people. Casey's here with us. Can you say hello, Casey? Hi, everybody. There's Casey. And Casey is uh, now seven months pregnant with Jolie. Right, Case? Right. And when is her? When is she scheduled to be born? August 11th. And how are you and the baby doing? We're doing very well. Very cool. And uh, you know, I was thinking that someday, 10 or 20 or 30 years from now, if the Lord tarries, we may broadcast this program again. And then that day, you know, Jolie will be a no doubt a wonderful young girl in her 20s and 30s. But today, she's still in Casey's belly. So let's read John. Chapter 1, verses 6 to 9. Would you read that for us, Case? God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Thank you, darling. So this, ba- this passage is talking about John the Baptist. And let's just take a little closer look. Now, the King James Version Uh, says it like this. There was a man sent from God. The same came as a witness. Now, first of all, we see that this man's life had a purpose. He was given a mission, a job by God himself. Wow. Sent by God himself on a mission. I would say that's pretty special. That's pretty exciting. I would have liked to have seen him in action, wouldn't you? You know, down at the River Jordan, baptizing people warning people, fearlessly preaching. Now, here's what he was doing in Matthew chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Could you read that uh, second scripture passage for us, sweetie? Which one? Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 2. It's, uh, num- it's number 2 on our list. I'm sorry. No problem. In those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, He is a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. John's clothes were woven from, were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food he ate locusts and wild honey. People from Jerusalem and from all of Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptize, he denounced them. You brought of snakes, he exclaimed. Who warned you to flee God's coming wrath? Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we're safe, for we are descendants of Abraham. That means nothing, for I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Even now the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. 
Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I am not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He is ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn, but burning the chaff with never-ending fire. Wow, what a powerful, stirring message John had. He was he even baptized Jesus. Let Casey, would you read for us um, same chapter, Matthew three, verses thirteen through seventeen regarding Jesus? Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, It should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved son, who brings me great joy. Thank you, Case. Can you picture John at the Jordan River Bank doing all this, saying all this, doing what God called him to do, being blessed and used of God in the middle of God's plan? He was a witness, sent from God to bear witness of Jesus. He had a calling. He had a mission. He had a job from God. Well, here's what I say. God bless him for all he did. But wait a minute. You know, something occurs to me as I read these passages, as Casey reads them for us. The Holy Spirit is tugging on my heart and mind. The Holy Spirit wants me to realize something about these passages Casey just read concerning John and concerning me and concerning you. Yes, I see it. Okay, now I see it. Yes, I get it, but now I'm reluctant to share it with you, my listeners. I'm worried that if I share with you, my listeners, what the Holy Spirit has revealed to me, you might become discouraged. You might be filled with worry or fear or condemnation. So I am a little stuck here. On the one hand, I'm wanting to share this with you, but I'm worried what your reaction might be, what our reaction might be. Now, we shouldn't really have a bad reaction if we understood, but sometimes we don't understand. Well, here it is. I'll share it with you anyway. Here's what the Holy Spirit showed me when I first read this and then reminds me of it as Casey reads it again. This is it. Just as John was called and sent by God to to be a witness for Jesus, you and I are also called and sent by God to be a witness for Jesus. That's it. You and I are called to be a witness for Christ. Just as John the Baptist was called, God wants to send us as a witness. That's the number one call on your life. That sums up everything. It's our purpose on earth. There is no higher calling. There is no higher purpose. We are called to bear witness of the true light that lights every man. We, you and I, are called by God himself, chosen by God himself, if we are born again, if we are followers of Christ. We're chosen by God himself to be a witness for his kingdom. 
Now, some people become really discouraged and fearful and feel condemned when they, ha- when they hear that God is calling them to be a witness for Jesus. And they feel this way for two reasons. It's because, one, they are afraid to be a witness, and two, they don't know how to be a witness. So let's talk about these two reasons people have when they take seriously the idea of being called by God to be a witness for his kingdom, to be a witness for his son, Jesus. You see, we have fear when we, are, when we think we are called to do something we can't do. But if I were able to put your mind a little at ease about this, if I were able to present this to you so you were not fearful or worried about it, then you would see what a wonderful thing it is to be called and chosen by God to be his witness here on earth. You know, some people are honored for their accomplishments. Some people have received the Nobel Prize for their work. Now, that's a great honor, but being called by God to be his witness is a greater honor. Being called by God to be his witness, his ambassador to this world, is a greater honor than that and a more enduring honor. You know, some soldiers have received the Bronze Star, the Silver Star. Even a few have received the Medal of Honor. Those are truly great honors, and I personally truly honor those brave men. But being called by God as his witness to this world that knows him not, that is a greater and a more enduring honor. When you see it from God's perspective, being chosen as a witness for him, as an ambassador for him, that is the greatest honor, the greatest purpose, the greatest profession any human being can have. You know, Christians, like everyone else, have jobs and professions and talents. Some of us are businessmen. Some of us are tradesmen, like carpenters and plumbers and electricians. Some of us are mothers and homemakers. Some are doctors and lawyers. Some are pastors. Some are government workers. Those are all good callings. But I have a radical idea for you, an idea that will change your life, an idea that will bring you more joy and purpose than you have ever known. And here it is. I challenge you to think of yourself not as a businessman, not as a tradesman, or a homemaker, or a doctor, or a lawyer, or a pastor, or a government worker. No. Instead, I challenge you to think of yourself first and foremost as a witness chosen by God, sent by God into this fallen world. I challenge you to think of yourself first and foremost, as a witness sent from God, as his representative, as his ambassador. You know, some people have been chosen by the U.S. government to serve as ambassadors to foreign lands. There is, for example, a U.S. ambassador chosen and sent to Great Britain, another to France, another to Italy, another to Russia, another to the countries in Africa, still others to China and Japan and South Korea. You and I, we are Christ's ambassador, chosen by God and sent to this world, wherever you live, wherever you go. And here's what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, and I'm just gonna paraphrase it for you. We are ambassadors for Christ. 
as though God did beseech you through us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. Let's we'll take a break and we come back. We'll take a deeper and closer look on this wonderful call on our life. I hope you are enjoying our teaching on real Christianity. If you have questions concerning today's topic, or you would like to receive a free copy of today's message on CD, just call us at 916-444-4444. That's 916-ALL-FOURS. Or you can visit our website at www.myrealchristianity.com. That's myrealchristianity.com. On the website, you will find a list of all our past programs. You can choose whatever is helpful to you. Programs like How to Lead Someone to Christ, How to Start Your Day with God, The Lord's Prayer, Faith, and Seven Things God Loves to Hear You Say. Now, let's get back to today's teaching. Thank you, darling. Before the break, we were studying how God chose and called and sent John to be a witness for Jesus. Casey, can you read that passage again? It's John chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And, you know, what we were doing, we were discussing the proposition that perhaps God is willing and wanting to choose you and to choose me and to send you and me to be his witnesses for Jesus, just as he sent John to send us to be an ambassador for Christ. Now, I have a question for you. Now, is God willing and wanting to send us now, or was that something that only took place 2,000 years ago? It depends on how you see your Bible. Is it an inspired book that records what happened to other people thousands of years ago? Or is it that and a guide to what God is still doing today in our lives? If you see the Bible as only a historical book, even a God-inspired historical book, you'll be missing the most important part. God intends the Bible not to be just a historical account, but also a guide to our day-to-day life now. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. In other words, what God said to them, he also says to us. If he chose them, he will also be willing to choose us. If he called them to be his witness, he's willing to call us to be his witness. So when we read, as Casey read for us, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light, we realize it's not just about John the Baptist, it's about us too. We, who are people of the living faith, are called with our own lives to be called and used like John the Baptist was. So when I read it, I understand that what God did in calling John he can also do with calling me. I believe God has chosen and called me to be his witness. 
And I believe if you are a follower of Christ, if you are born again, I believe God has chosen and called you to be his witness. Once you realize that, you are no longer merely a bored spectator of things that happened long ago. No. Once you realize what God said to them long ago, he also says to you now, then you are no longer a spectator. You are actually in the game. And God's plan is unfolding right in front of you. Because you are his witness now, you have a living, personal relationship with Jesus. He's not just a historical figure. He's your living Savior and Lord. Casey, would you mind reading to us what Jesus said in John fifteen sixteen? It's our selection number five. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go out and produce much fruit. Jesus chose them and appointed them and ordained them that they should do what? Go out. And what? Produce lasting fruit, lasting results. And Jesus has also chosen you and me and appointed you and me and ordained you and me that in our lifetime we would what? Go out and what? Produce fruit, lasting fruit for Christ. You may hear this and still say to me, Mosley, I get what you're saying, but I'm still afraid and I don't know how to do this. Let me talk to you about that for a moment. I don't believe God is calling you to do something you can't do, something he hasn't already prepared you for. God is probably not calling you to preach the Sunday morning sermon at your church if he hasn't already prepared you for it. God is probably not calling you to teach the Bible on the radio this week if you haven't already taught the Bible many times before. God is probably not calling you to move to Africa and live in poverty as a missionary if he hasn't already prepared you for it and spoken to you very clearly about it and to your spouse or your parents and your pastor. Instead of these things, God is probably calling you gently calling you to be a witness for Christ, an ambassador for Christ right where you are right now. If you are a wife, God is calling you to be so Christ-like in your daily life with your husband and with your children and with your neighbors that they are won over to Jesus by what they see in you. If you are employed, God is calling you to be so Christ-like in your daily life at work that the people who see you there are won over to Jesus by what they see in you. In other words, God is not calling you to do something that is impossible. He is calling you and calling me to be a witness for him right here, right now. Casey, would you read to us what Jesus said in Matthew five thirteen through 16? It's selection number six. You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stool where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Now, here's what I'm saying. I do 
I want you not to reject the call in your life because you're afraid God is calling you to do something you can't do. Take a deep breath. Exhale and let the fear and condemnation slip away from you as you exhale. Do it again. Let the fear drift away from you. If you want to be a witness, pray with me now. Lord Jesus, make me your witness to this dying world. Equip me to be your witness. Cause me to be your witness right where I am. Amen. Who am I? Mosley Collins. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a son, a lawyer. I'm an American. That's all true. But before all that, above all that, I'm a man sent from God to be his witness. Who are you? You are a son or a daughter, a wife or a husband, a father or a mother. You're an American. You're a teenager. You're middle-aged or you're a senior. That's all true. But before all that, above all that, you are a person sent from God to be his witness to a dying world full of darkness. Right now, where you are, in your home, at your job, at the store, at the soccer field, on the lake, at high school, wherever you are, you are called to be his witness. Will you accept this? Will you accept this calling on your life? If you will, then declare with me, yes, I am his witness. Above all else, I am his witness. Believing this, that before all else, you are his witness, that will reorganize your life. It will change your life right where you are. Then you'll be able to say to the world, I am an ambassador for Christ. You don't need to go to Africa in order to be his witness. You don't need to preach to 5,000 people. You just need to declare it and to settle it in your heart and mind that above all else, I am his witness at my school, at my job, at my home. I am his witness everywhere I go. We here at Real Christianity hope that today's message was a blessing to you. You can get a free copy of today's teaching at 916-444-4444. That's 916-ALL-FOURS. Or you can visit our website at www.myrealchristianity.com. That's myrealchristianity.com. Here is a final thought from Mosley. You know, I don't want to end this broadcast without inviting you, my dear listener, to receive Jesus Christ as Savior. The Bible says in John chapter 1 that when Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth, his own received him not, but as many as did receive him, to all who believed in him, to them he gave the power and the right to become the children of God. They were born again and receive the wonderful gift of eternal life. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, but you would receive him now into your heart and life, pray with me. Lord Jesus, forgive my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Savior. Amen. If you sincerely prayed that prayer, the Bible teaches you are born again. You have Christ as your Savior. 
and you have eternal life as you follow Him. If you want more help, please visit our website at myrealchristianity.com or call me at 916-ALL-FOURS. May God richly bless you, and I'll be here with you again next week. Thank you for listening, and until next week, may God bless you always.